we recognize that artists um, that want to monetize their passion, they don't have to be the 1% of superstar artists. They can make a, a career for themselves um, and receive monthly checks, you know, and they don't have to wait quarterly to receive and see if they recouped money and, and royalties to be able to, to be able to take care of their family. Hi, everyone. Welcome to How Music Charts, where we pull back the curtain on today's music business, exploring music industry trends, music data, and the creativity that helps your favorite artists hit the charts. I'm co-host Jason, and we'll hear from my other co-host Rucker very soon. This podcast is owned and operated by Chartmetric, a music data company that connects numbers to narratives to help the music industry leverage the power of data analytics. Today, we'll be chatting with the United Masters Head of Marketing, David Melhado. Dave is a New York City-based industry veteran who first cut his teeth in music marketing and management in the South, holding roles at Atlantic Records, iHeartRadio, NBA Management, and StreamCut Media in St. Petersburg, Florida, and Atlanta, Georgia. His list of accomplishments is long, but we'll get to know him and dive deep into United Masters' tech-driven music distribution and the ways artists and music professionals can leverage technology and data to build out their content strategies, especially on YouTube and TikTok. So without further ado, please welcome to the How Music Charts podcast, David Mojado. Hello, sir. Hey, guys. How you guys doing? Thank you for having me on the podcast today. Really excited. Of course, of course. We're happy to have you and, and thanks for making the time. So, uh, Dave, your resume is simply too long to go through chronologically. <laughs> Uh, it is a, a long and storied history. Uh, and besides, it was very well documented, by the way, in your podcast you did last year with the Digilog. So for all the listeners, please check it out. It's a great, it's a great interview. Um, but we do want to get to know you a little briefly through a few short stories, if you will. So I'm going to prompt you a little bit and just okay. tell us a little bit about kind of what was going on in your life at the time. So you used to be a subscriber many years ago to a mail order CD club. Tell us what those were and why you signed up. Oh, uh, man. When I was a kid, it was BMG Club, I, I think it was. You know, I was watching you know, BT probably and watching music videos and, and caught um, the commercials that would come on saying that you can get 12 CDs for the price of one. And of course I signed up having no money and uh, made my mom extremely mad because she was kind of footing the bill when the full bill for like a hundred and some dollars came in the mail. <laughs> so <laughs> I learned quickly that those CD uh, things were a scam. <laughs> I remember I remember those catalogs myself. Uh, so you used to be involved some years later in something called Thirsty Thursdays. Oh, wow. Tell us about what those were and what you learned from that experience. Wow, you was you dug that up. That was uh <laughs> that was me coming fresh off of an internship uh at Maldon Brand Agency in Atlanta and going back to Tampa and trying to take some of my promotional skills that I learned in the internship and put it to bring it to life in real time. So Cut a deal with a sports bar down the street from uh, the university, and I started a party series that kind of grew into this kind of well-known event series in Central Florida called Thirsty Thursdays. Gotcha. And you provided lots of water because people were thirsty. Right? <laughs> yeah, tons of water. Tons of water. <laughs> um, later on, you learned how to DJ and what publishing splits were in the same job. What were you doing at that time? Well, so this job was uh, fresh out of college was my first job was uh, managing or working with an artist named Verse Simmons. He was signed to Def Jam at the time. And uh, the job for me was I was making $250 a day or $250 a week. And 
was doing whatever. So I was like adding value by doing graphic design, going on the road, driving. Uh, they didn't have a DJ. So I became the DJ. Uh, and then eventually I became his manager. And as he was writing more songs for the artists like Chris Brown, and uh, Jay Kanye's Watch the Throne, I, I started to learn the publishing business as well, because now it was a totally new beast in managing an artist. Got you. So on your LinkedIn profile, you have a YouTube content strategy, strategy certification in 2017. What does that certification have to do with Gunna and Young Vance? Well, it's, it's interesting because during that time, I was working with a company that started as a YouTube monetization company. So taking that certification course essentially prepared me to be able to talk to artists about the money that they was missing out on from content ID and the registering the publishing on the back end of, of, uh, of YouTube. And that's essentially how I was able to bring Gunner to the table. And eventually we started doing distribution for him as stream cut. So uh, three years into two and a half years of, of working with Gunner, he became a, a massive star and, and, you know, you see what he has said. So in looking at some past interviews you've done, two words or phrases frequently come up when you talk about your past career. First is hack or some, ver some form of hack, growth hack, what have you. The second word or phrase is I'll figure it out. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. How would you describe your ability to evolve your own skill set as your career kind of progressed through the years? Wow. It was always having this kind of burning passion to, to learn more. Right. And it's like uh, wanting to grow in all things that I was doing. So you know, anytime I felt like I wasn't growing or um, wasn't doing enough. I was always kind of pressure testing my ideas, pressure testing my thoughts, reading more books and just kind of really doubling down on, on knowledge. And ultimately that's always kind of helped me get a, a step above um, where I was previously because I was always trying to, to learn more and get feedback. And I think that's, you know, it's tenacity is something I learned very young to mm. just be tenacious and, and find a way. Yeah. Very fitting in an industry that's changed so much. Oh man, it's always changing. You gotta, it's like you have to consistently learn the new trends every six months. And I'm sure you guys see it. The chart yeah. metric is in yourself. Yeah. So last question before Rucker comes in with uh, some other questions about uh, where you're at now. What finally brought you to your current position at United Masters? Well, I mean, I was always a manager, right? So I'm used to fighting for the artists, right? And trying to go get what they deserve, right? So um and during my time at stream cut i really started realizing like that was what my passion was it was really uh fighting for the underdog developing the artist from the ground up and then supporting them on on their uh way to success you know and trying to help them monetize in all ways they could and leverage their ownership for as long as they could um i did some kind of like um pivoting i went into uh, a label system. I worked at Rock Nation for a while, um, but just quickly realized like my passion was being kind of like resourceful and helping those emerging artists kind of build from the ground up. Like literally you can see their lives change. Um, and you hear stories like Lil Nas X who was sleeping on his sister's couch to turn into this massive star where he originally released that song independently. Um, it, there's tons of other stories like that. 
So, you know, I realized that I wanted to be part of creating more, more artist success stories like that. Speaking of artist success stories, obviously copyright ownership and like the whole not signing away all your rights trend is becoming more and more prevalent. And there seems to be a common denominator there, which is like technology. Um, like labels are making apps, distributors are making apps. Can you explain the services that United Masters offers, the market it serves, and how tech helps make that happen? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I got into the business, you know, 2005 as an intern and then going on the road to manage Verse, um, to get our music out to the world, we was doing a couple of different things. We was putting it out on mixtape sites, and then we was printing up mixtapes and going to city to city with boxes of mixtapes that we pass out in all these different cities for free. Um, so technology has changed that significantly, right? We can upload the music and deliver it um, to all of the streaming platforms, which allowed us to be able to grow our fan base, not just regionally, what we was doing before, but now it's globally, right? Um, so platforms like United Masters allows artists around the globe to be able to do that same thing. From, uh, from their phone, they can deliver music to all the DSPs. Um, they can track how much they're streaming on a daily basis. They can see how much revenue they're making on a daily basis um, or on a monthly basis. They can submit their songs for brand opportunities and sync opportunities, right? And as an independent artist, it's not very easy to come about these opportunities, right? You typically would, norm historically, you would have to be signed to a major label to get uh, a brand deal or uh, be a, have a popular song on radio to be able to get in a commercial or a game, right? And so we've created a platform that from their phone, they can submit for these opportunities. And in turn, um, we've started to, you know, really lean into that creator economy, right? So we recognize that artists um, that want to monetize their passion, they don't have to be the 1% of superstar artists. They can make a, a career for themselves um, and receive monthly checks, you know, and they don't have to wait quarterly to receive and see if they recouped money and, and royalties to be able to, to be able to take care of their family. So with the app, artists can not only submit music to like Spotify, Apple music, those platforms, but they can also submit to like, like you mentioned, like sync placements or various sort of, I don't know, I guess you could call them marketing opportunities. Um, but they can also see their data, right? Like their streaming stats yep. and payouts. Absolutely. And for us, it's like bringing transparency to the business on the data side, right? You know, I think like artists typically would have to go to, you know, multiple platforms to see what playlists they're on, to see what uh, the streaming numbers are. We've pulled that data from Apple, Spotify, and YouTube into the platform so that they can uh, see where they're streaming at, see where their fans are. Then they can use that data to be able to inform how they're going to market and promote to their fans, right? And as they think about building a community, they can target uh, certain markets and certain regions uh, with ads spend, you know, they can use that data to inform other areas that they use outside of our app. That's awesome. So obviously the mobile music listening experience has been fully adopted for a while. 
but it kind of seems like it's taken longer for the mobile distribution experience to take off, which kind of, it kind of seems to me, at least kind of seems like a no brainer to have both sides of the equation be a mobile experience, especially because artists are always on their phones. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Kanye showed and proved that he, you know, recorded a whole album, mobile, his mobile phone. Right. Um, and, you know, I think for us, it's making it more accessible. And I think like that's what the challenge has always been, right. Having the right equipment, um, having a, a laptop, being able to, to reach people because, you know, you know, we're leveling the playing field. You don't have to have an enormous amount of money to be able to, be able to monetize your passion. Uh, so, you know, through a cell phone, you can upload a, tr a track. When you come out of a studio, most artists receive their tracks uh, from an engineer and they text it to them or they put it in a notepad and they're listening to the music there. Um, that same kind of idea is the same thing that we did when we created the app so they can upload directly from their phone. They can upload artwork files directly from their phone. Um, but then in the same on the fly, it, wherever they are, they can check to see how well they're doing streaming, see their royalty checks um, and, and submit their songs for different opportunities. So I think like, you know, it's, it's just like anything else, the early adopters, but, you know, 1.1, close to 1.2 million downloads on our app kind of shows that something is happening here, right? And artists are, uh, have the desire to be able to use a mobile app and have a mobile experience. Um, and if the ones that don't, they can also log into our web browser to, to check their, do the same functions that they can do on the app. Am I crazy or I thought I saw something where you can text a file to upload it. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if someone has a file from their text messages, you know, you hit that little button on app, Apple, where you can text it to someone else. You can also upload directly into the United Masters app from there as well. So, you know, I, I think that's where the future is going. It's, it's like, how do we make uh, things easier for creators, right? And make it more accessible. And I think that's what the, you know, the goal is. And I think that's what we're going to continue to, you know, create tools for artists to be able to do that. Cool. So how do you guys, because I noticed you have like a, a request and invite um, to join. How do you guys vet what artists make the cut and... Is it something that's on the DSP side of things, or does it have more to do with the volume of content that you guys are able to process? Yeah. So there's a few ways that artists interact with our platform. Um, some go to the website. Um, and then if you go to the website, you have to request access. And you know, shortly after you request access, you, you'll likely receive an invite to make an account. Um, but if you download the app, uh, artists have instant access to be able to set up their account, right? And from there, they, we gave artists the option to choose their deal, right? So based on where you are as an artist or as a creator, um, you can either sign up for a rev share, which is 90-10 with um, uh, access to platforms like Apple, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, or if you're more serious and you want to have unlock more tools, you can pay for a subscription. And, and this is for the artist that's a little bit more seasoned and knows that, um, you know, they're going to make a significant amount of money and they don't want to give off the rev share. Uh, so they pay a subscription fee of, which is $5 a month, um, $60 a year. And they unlock opportunities like the brand deals with NBA, ESPN, 
um, NBA 2K, um, and many other campaigns, um, as well as uh, be able to own distributors uh, in a limited amount of songs. So, um, you know, where an artist now, when you're independent, you want to deliver as much content as much as you, as you want, right? Um, especially during the time of the pandemic, uh, being able to release as frequent as you want and deliver your fans music. Uh, that's what the select subscription allows for artists to do. Like for the brand campaigns, um, during the NBA finals, State Farm came to us with the NBA and was like, um, we remade, basically remade the, the famous State Farm jingle. And we had a producer create a remake of the, the jingle. But then we activated some of the artists in our platform to be able to create content around freestyling that to that jingle, right? So we had uh, Just Low and an artist named Grace Weber who basically freestyled and Armani White who basically freestyled based off of the highlights in the playing tournament. So that was one of like the, the, the moments which we really got to see multiple partnerships and multiple things kind of working together to uh, create a new opportunity for our artists on our platform. So, you know, these commercials aired um, during the NBA finals, <laughs> during playoffs. So it was really exciting. So Dave, in April, you retweeted a video of United Masters founder Steve Stout saying, quote, I think an artist needs a chief technology officer. How are you going to take advantage of the different higher margin value that technology is unlocking? End quote. Can you explain that advice and why it's important for artists to take advantage of that? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, with the business changing so fast, like over the last few months, we've learned about this thing called NFTs. Right? And, you know, for an independent artist or just an artist in general, like what is the first step into taking this, right? You, as just as important as a manager, is, is someone who understands technology, who's gonna be able to help you leverage uh, your fan base and leverage your audience and create a community and be able to leverage different tools for you to be successful. So, you know, the business is changing. It's not the same from 60 years ago. And, you know, for, for us to think that we can still operate in that same way um, is kind of insanity. You know, we have to kind of think about where's the future going? How can I reach fans? And what other ways do fans want to consume and interact with me as a creator? And I think that that's the beauty of um, technology. It, you know, it, for an artist to have a competitive edge, they need to be able to have uh, a chief technology officer, which in a lot of ways could, you could see United Masters is that, you know, we're creating a lot of those tools for them to be able to leverage and be able to use to support mm -hmm. their career. So you already talked a little bit about the United Masters app. Um, could you walk through it as if we were an artist? Like what are the different features specifically that are most important pre-release and post-release? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you're an artist, like when you come to our platform, it's, we make it as easy as possible for you to be able to upload your music, right? So from trying to deliver and get your music approved to get sent to the DSPs, um, the first thing after you deliver your song that you would naturally need is a, a tool so you can either do a pre-save or um, send it out to your, your audience. So we automatically generate a tool which we call a master link that allows artists to be able to share this link that's generated 
to be able to pre-save pre-release, right? Post-release, it automatically converts into a live link. So artists can then share it out. And that same link um, can be used to consume the music. Um, then uh, we recently added a new feature, a suite of financial tools, right? So split pay is, is one that allows our artists to be able to split their royalties with any kind of collaborator. So whether it's your producer, your manager, your mom, influencer, whoever you want to be able to kind of share your royalties with on a monthly basis, um, split pay allows the artist to do that. Now for an artist that is, is building traction, that is starting to, to gain uh, large streaming numbers or just a steady growth of streams and has revenue coming, but they know that they need to create content for their next rollout. Uh, maybe they're going on tour. Maybe they need to uh, just need an advance for living expenses so that they can still be creative. We just launched two new tools, uh, financial tools, uh, one in a partnership with Beatbread, which allows artists to be able to get an advance on their future royalties, right? From as little as $1,000 all the way up to a million, just based on where that artist's circumstances. And then the second one is with a, a platform called Paper Chain that allows artists to be able to take out royalties in real time, right? So uh, as the money's coming in from the streaming platforms, they can also see it in their account and then uh, request it and it goes to a debit card. So we're making it more accessible for putting capital in, in artists, artists' hands. And I think like when you think about artists being independent and being a small business, that's kind of the tools that they need. They need access to the money in real time so that they can then reinvest it into themselves. So between SplitPay, between uh, BeatBread and Paper Chain partnerships, those are some of the tools that we've started to say like, yo, we're gonna create and create this suite of financial tools for you to be successful as an artist. Love it. And regarding SplitPay, 10% should go to your moms, everyone. <laughs> she, at least, she at least earned that 10%. Come on now. Right, so, <laughs> so, so the app is, so it's not just about releasing music, right? So it's also about tracking performance of that music through data. So of course we got to ask that because we nerd out on data all day. Mm -hmm. So what, um, in your point of view, what are the various data points that the artists can monitor and, and what portion of the app is different from what artists can get from other analytics dashboards that DSPs or social media platforms have? Yeah. Um, you know, for us, it's, it's just providing that data and then making it easy for them to consume it. Right. And so like quickly an artist can see their streaming data for the day. Right. So when they start seeing a spike, they can then go back to the different platforms and see, try to dive in to see what's happening. Right. So they can spot the trends in real time. And I think that's what, you know, accessibility to that kind of information is key for success, right? Because in real time, you can then make uh, changes to your marketing or your, your digital strategy to be able to drive more users if something is working, right? So when you think about, uh, you, you recognize that you're getting, you had a spike in streams, but a large majority of them are coming from Atlanta, Georgia. You can now redirect some of your digital spend to uh, whether it's Facebook ads or YouTube ads that are specifically targeting regions um, to audience, like those are real-time insights that artists can be nimble in and really kind of leverage their data in that way. Gotcha. 
And then zooming out from United Masters, what are there other platforms, technologies, or data that you've been kind of reading about recently that you see artists taking advantage of to unlock even more that higher margin value, as as Steve put it? Yeah, I, I mean, I think like platforms like Chartmetric um, is very helpful. Like our team uses Chartmetric on a daily basis to be able to identify number of trends, like uh, play, playlists that they're currently on, but then playlists that they should be, we should be targeting, but then also looking at followers, right? So when we go out and put a deck together, a marketing deck, that's saying like, yo, we're trying to sell this artist for a campaign. I'm looking to see what kind of influence they have, what kind of influences that artist have, or who's following them. So that way we can then leverage that information to be able to get them a brand opportunity, right? Um, and specifically an artist on our platform, Toby, um, about a year and a half, two years ago, he was going on tour before the pre-pandemic and uh, Ralph Lauren came in apartment, but it was based off of data from, we saw from Chartmetric, from Spotify, from artists. Uh, we identified the key markets that his fans were in. We identified who was following him, what kind of influence he had, what the infinity, like uh, what the, the followers affinity, like brands that they was into. And we was able to secure him a partnership with Ralph Lauren. So there's a number of different ways that you can kind of leverage that data to then package it up and then sell it to be able to bring an opportunity for it. Thanks for the shout out, Dave. Appreciate it. Uh, we're, 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 you know, we didn't pay him to say I, that. <laughs> I need that direct deposit. <laughs> that's, that's cool about that. It's cool to hear about that Ralph Lauren yeah. signing them. Really cool. Yeah, but there's, there's tons of other stories like that where artists can then, you know, be able to leverage those things to be able to get opportunities to you know, ultimately put them in new new spaces and, and reach new friends. Cool. So as Jason mentioned earlier that you were certified in YouTube content strategy, what goes into that certification? And I think more importantly, what knowledge can you share Um with music professionals or artists about how to approach their YouTube content generally? Yeah, I think it's, you know, I took that class because one, I needed to, to be able to have access to content ID. Um, but two is, is like, it's reinforcing a lot of the ideas that you might have. It's like, yo, this is, you know, you want to have a consistency flow of content. You want to be able to have snackable content that's, you know, easy to engage. Maybe break your content up into shorter clips because they're easier to consume, right? These are things that, like, as a marketer, you just kind of, like, kind of naturally get this kind of gut feeling like this is the best way because you're you're thinking about how would you want to consume it. Um, but the content ID course kind of really broke down those things and it's, it's a great refresher. So, like, I'm always leaning into different, uh, you know, webinars or just different opportunities to be able to kind of gain that kind of refresher. Um, but for artists, I think it's consistency and content, right? But then thinking about like, what's the narrative that you're going to be telling through your content? Like, There's some artists that's like, yo, I, everyone's telling me to create content, but what kind of content am I supposed to create, right? So there's ways different ways that you can look at it maybe you you use your youtube to show the other side outside of music right maybe you start leveraging and building an audience um for you know, beauty tips one of your hobbies or something else right it's like giving a different unique point of view that you can then i 
that fans can identify you with and they can build an emotional connection with you on. Right. And I think that's when you start thinking about when you start thinking about your content, you should be thinking about it in that way. It's not just the behind the scenes. We've seen tons of behind the scenes footage from tours or from studios where you're just sitting in a studio and artists are just playing the beat over and over in a loop. Right. You have to kind of create content that's going to keep someone engaged. Um, someone who creates incredible content is this producer named Cato. He creates specific content around creation of making his beats, right? Then he takes that content he created in that content on YouTube and then puts the sample on TikTok, right? Then he allows artists to then duet with his, his, uh, his beat. And then he distributes that music out to the world, right? So for a fan who's discovering Kato or the artist he collaborated with, they can literally see the whole step-by-step process from the beginning. And that's really the, the journey, right? That fans uh, want to see. So uh, that's one of my, my tips when it comes to uh, content strategy. Super helpful. So let's move on to the TikTok now. Uh, Business Insider profiled you as one of 24 power players using TikTok to transform the music industry. Since you're at the forefront of... Um, TikTok music marketing. Can you explain what you've learned about the platform? I think a lot of people just don't even know how to approach it, especially in music. Um, like what works, what doesn't work? How should people be approaching it and making the most out of it? Yeah, I mean, TikTok is one of those platforms that is changing by the week, right? The trends, the just the things that you should do to try to build some traction on there is is always changing. Um, and one of the things that we recognized early on was that, you know, this is a way that we can, like finding the right clip from a song and then building some sort of uh, campaign around that right clip that potentially can grow virality was one of the things that we, we, we did. And, you know, we had early success with artists like Lil Zell um, and then BMW Kenny who had the Wipe It Down uh, single, and then boarded in the house with Curtis Roach, which literally during the pandemic, he was just doing a skit, like boarding the house and freestyles. And it turns into this record that eventually gets Tiger on it. And then he gains this massive success. And, you know, he's on HGTV buying his grandmother a house, you know, literally buying a house, from boarding the house to buying a house. It's crazy, right? But one of the things that we recognize is that you can't just rest on trying to get an influencer to do a dance challenge or just create some content to your song uh, to be successful as an artist. You might create virality for the song that might lead to streaming increase or spikes, but you still have the other marketing levers that you have to pull to kind of build a foundation for the artists. Um, so for us, we've always coupled running these different campaigns with other marketing drivers like sync opportunities, like putting an artist in a Beats by Dre campaign or putting them in a campaign with NBA 2K. And we move these different levers so we can kind of build that story and that artist journey for the artist. So, um, you know, when it comes to TikTok, it's, it's got to be multi, your marketing strategy still has to be multi-layered um, because ultimately off of TikTok, people recognize the sound, right? Like a perfect example is uh, Renegade, Renegade, right? Where uh, K-Camp's Lottery, people thought the song was called Renegade, right? Because it was that 
one catchy piece at the beginning of the song that was getting people to get excited and then do a challenge to it. So, you know, it's luckily for K Camp, he built like years of a foundation, right? Um, and, and ultimately, artists should look at it that same way. You got to build foundation, build the audience off platform, on multiple platforms um, in real life, and then use these tools, these digital tools, to then be able to push your career forward. So what would you consider some of the most important KPIs or key performance indicators for anyone who's not familiar with that acronym, especially on YouTube and TikTok, to be able to measure how um, that foundation is being built? Yeah. Um, one of them is like growth, right? You're looking for, is there growth day over day or week over week in video views or um, content that's created, right? Especially when you're investing money into this stuff, right? You know, it's not the days where you had to go like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you had to, the entry point was a middleman that you had to pay that you don't know where the money goes to, to get you exposure in the music business. Now, in real time, you can see if there's something working, right? So if I'm running an ad campaign on YouTube, I can see if, if it's resonating. If, uh, am I converting to likes, uh, to comments? Are people sharing it, right? In real time, you can see these things and you can redirect your spend in a smart, efficient way. It's not about just spending a boatload of money. It's about spending and making smart spends that can you'll see impact from. So like day-over-day -day growth, engagement, are people liking, sharing the content? Is it driving to off-platform? So yeah, the video's on YouTube, but am I seeing growth across other street like platforms? Is it contributing to Spotify, Apple numbers growing? Is it growing my social following? Is the engagement growing on, on Instagram or TikTok? So those are the things that I'm looking for. Um, and as I invest money, I'm, I'm very close to it to see if it's resonating are, are we converting to kind of like passive users, passive fans, turning them into like rabid fans where they're, they're consuming everything about you and they, they're turning into, you know, the raving fan. Um, those are the key things that I'm looking for when it comes to KPIs. I know we've sort of talked about a lot of these different pieces, but I want to just sort of bring it all together with a scenario. So say you're an artist who just released something through United Masters. What are the first insights you would suggest they look at on the app and what follow-on effects should they be looking out for? Yeah. Um, when you release your music, you should definitely be looking to see, you know, where your audience is coming from, right? What is it coming from? Uh, what city? what kind of device people are consuming your music on, like all these things are insights that you can then use to be able to market to your fans. Um, you know, YouTube is, is a key where, especially um, for emerging artists, if people are going to consume your video content and it's driving your YouTube numbers up, then that means you should potentially create more content that they're consuming. Right. So you, you basically want to take this data and then use it to inform all your future decisions as an artist. Right. If you want to inform where you put your marketing spend, what kind of content do you create? 
what's the best way for you to engage with your fans and audience. And as you start to see some of the things start to kind of poke its head out and kind of say like, this is starting to kind of resonate, you lean into those things and then you build out from there. There's a bunch of success stories um, from a lot of the folks who have been using United Masters. Um, forgive me the name, Toby. How do I say his last name? And we went. And we went. Toby and we <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. FaZe Clan, Alina Baraz, um, Kason. Can you tell us a little bit about um, some of these stories that have been happening? Yeah, yeah. Toby is a great one because Toby uh, came onto our platform, I think, over three years ago now, maybe close to four. And Toby released a song every single week on a Sunday. And you know, for everyone in the industry that knows, you know, that's that's off cycle, right? So most people release their music on Fridays and get the playlist on on that same day as store turns. Toby releases on a Sunday. He made this commitment to his fans that he was gonna release every week on Sundays. And you know, he built this series that people start to engage in, right? Um, and then fast forward to pandemic happening and then the unfortunate death of the murder of uh, George Floyd um, and Breonna Taylor, he started to use his platform and his audience to be able to mobilize his message through his music. Um, and essentially his song, Arrest the Killers uh, that killed Breonna Taylor went viral on TikTok. Um, it then started gaining traction amongst celebrity community where people were sharing his his content his videos online and you know he literally leveraged releasing music every week using his platform for good to then becoming a uh having a commercial being featured in the apple music commercial during the nba finals to then uh creating new opportunities to be a part of a film with Beats by Dre, uh, the Be Heard film um, that, you know, has won tons of awards. So this is an artist that just believed in his message. He didn't chase the trends. He used his platform for good, uh, was consistent, and he was able to leverage that into a massive career. And I think a couple of weeks ago, he's uh, announced that he's going to be in the next Transformers movie on his social he also posted a picture with Justin Timberlake. So this is a kid three years ago, four years ago, who, you know, was just trying to figure it out, trying to grow his fan base. And now he's putting himself in position and done it independently. And that's what's really special about Toby. That's dope. That's dope. And you mentioned a couple uh, developing new acts as well. I think Coltrane, Ecstasy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we recently signed a new artist from Vancouver, named Ecstasy, who was part of the Fresh Finds program at Spotify that supports independent artists. And uh, he's released a number of different records, but he's just, you know, like kind of pop punk kind of artist that is um, really starting to build some traction right now. Um, another artist that we signed recently is uh, Coltrane, who is an R&B artist from the UK that makes incredible music. Alina Baraz just released a project via us. And uh, even artists and kind of creators from other industries are starting to come to the platform, leverage our platform and tools. Like Usain Bolt came to our platform and released a reggae album, which charted Billboard, I think number four in the reggae charts. Um, so it's exciting because people are coming to the platform and using our, our, 
our, our tools in different ways and leveraging it uh, to be able to kind of monetize their passion. Was the BPM on Usain Bolt single, was it like 300 BPM? <laughs> Nowhere near as fast as he is. <laughs> That's a music joke, folks. Hey, Dave, really awesome talking with you. Thanks so much for chatting with us. All the best luck to you and all the artists that you're working with. Um, is there anything you want to kind of plug as we as we wrap this up or leave with the listeners about yourself or anything you're doing? Yeah, no, thank you guys for having me. Um, keep sharing the information and bringing on, uh, you know, thought leaders around the industry because I think, you know, part of it is being able to share the codes and share the, the resources and insights uh, so that way we can, you know, create more success stories for these artists. So thank you guys for what you guys are doing and uh, uh, looking forward to you know, building with you guys in the future. How Music Charts is written and produced by Jason Hoven and Rutger Rosenborg of Chartmetric. As part of our effort to equip artists with the power of music analytics, we've just rolled out a new artist tier, which you can sign up for at app.chartmetric.com slash plan slash artist for about the price of a coffee per week. Free Chartmetric accounts are available at chartmetric.com and podcast notes are at blog.chartmetric.com. You can also subscribe there for additional insights delivered to your inbox right after we publish. Did we mention we have a YouTube channel? That's right. Subscribe for Chartmetric tutorials and tips for indie artists. Follow our thoughts on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Chartmetric. That's Chartmetric, no S. That's it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.